It is Made in SA. And today um, we get to uh, profile a self-taught watchmaker. He's a former lab analyst. Um, and uh, off the back of his passion and enthusiasm was born a company that creates one-of-a-kind bespoke timepieces. How interesting is this? Uh, the pieces are called Tlesha. Of course, <laughs> which uh, is is a for uh, time, and uh, his full name is Kulufelo uh, Klesha Masha, and he joins me on the line to talk about how this all came about. Good evening to you, Kulufelo. How are you doing? I'm all right, and how are you doing, Bridget? And uh, evening to your listeners as well. We are great. We are absolutely amazing. You know, I love a person who one minute is uh, doing one thing. Uh, something very academic, and then decides jiggy jiggy out of the blue that you know what I just want to you know flex my creative flair. <laughs> it's always very yeah. interesting for me. So you are a qualified you know lab analyst, um, and this is what you were getting up to. And then what happened that caused you to shift direction and and you know start designing watches? Uh, I'll tell you what, one of the things that informed me to change my career at that time was the, um, you know, the introduction of technology in the, in the laboratory space. Mm. Uh, I came from a, uh, a background of schooling where if you had to do a chemical analysis of some sort, you would have to depend on, you, you have to be hands-on in what you're doing. So if mm. you had to do titration, you would have to be there and do it by hands and whatsoever. If you were creating standards or even solutions, mm. you have to be the one who takes one solution from the other and whatsoever. So that creativity that came with chemistry when I got to the industry was sort of like getting shut out more and more by technology. So mm. you move from being a titration person to having a machine called an auto titrator mm. where you just plug plug and play. At some point I remember having a conversation with my previous employer and like it seems like we we more and more becoming we're becoming more and more like button pushers than we are analysts because mm. all we do the whole day is to come here and press a button each and every hour and watch the machine do the magic. But I got trained to, you know, to work with the chemicals that go, and that's where the interest of chemistry was start from. Mm. So with that came an issue of the chemistry industry did not need, need a lot of people anyway, because machines can do what you do. Mm. So you don't have to be around. So people can just be there and oversee what machines are doing and just print reports and send them out to whatever, whatever person of interest is there at that time. So mm. at some point, because I'm a very... I like to fiddle with things. I want to <laughs> be hands-on with things. I, I had to make a plan and, you know, was out at, at some point. Interesting. Very. I mean, firstly, you know, my eyes kind of sparked a little bit when you equated chemistry to creativity or, you know, even association creativity with chemistry. I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> but- no, trust me, it is, it is a very creative, it is a very creative skill. You think about it. Um, yeah. No, you know, I'll believe every, you. Yeah. You you are the yeah. expert. <laughs> you have the expertise yeah. there. I'll definitely believe you. So then you you decided to, you know, embark on this journey and fuel your other passion were were watches and i guess maybe um watches the concept of time or even sort of the 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 manufacturing of watches and the mechanics that go behind them in the engineering was this something that you'd always been intrigued by and fascinated by i've always been fascinated by watches for a very long time and i've always mm. loved good looking watches the only problem was that i couldn't afford them uh, those who know <laughs> 
Those yes. know how much good watches cost. You, you're talking like, Patex and all that. <laughs> yeah, they will break your bank and so on. I mean, just to shock you a little bit, one of the Patek uh, timepieces auctioned out for about $40 million. Yeah. A couple of, uh, that was like last year. Think about it. That's more than six fifty, six hundred and fifty million. Yeah. A lot of money. But somebody purchased that. So for me, it was an issue of I can either sell watches, mm. right, because I love them. But now I decided, you know what, because I've always been curious, let me look at how they function. I've always mm. been, you know, I've always been checking. How do they do this? How do they make this thing, this thing work and whatsoever? So I looked at how they function, and then it sparked me and said, "Look, work on your first watch, mm. uh, which, is, which is around 2018." So 2018, I went to a small project, you know, of outsourcing. Oh, I need to find this kind of movement. Then I'll, I'll find out where can I find it. Then I'll go and find out, buy the movement, come back. Oh, I need to do the dial. I need to look for the casing. Mm. I need someone who can cut the leather for me for the belts and so. So I worked on my first watch in 2018 leading up to 2019 which was called sapphire mm. and then the sapphire that i did at that time i put it up on social media and whatsoever just to see what the response from the market is and, mm. and a couple of weeks later i started having conversations with a client that was based in denmark and then before i know it, the client was like look at the price that you put it i yeah. do like it i will buy it and they bought it i still feel like they bought it because you know so it's like they bought it Wait. for a cheap price, which is okay. Wait, so sorry to jump in your mouth, Hulufelo. So you, mm. you went on the limb to start designing the watches, in, well, your first watch in 2018. And already just a couple of months into it, you had a client? I had a client <laughs> a couple of months into it after putting it up online. You know, uh, social media is a very powerful tool. Yeah. It's a place where you can express yourself. So yeah. in so doing, I was just extending and saying, hey, look, and at that time, I had no interest of like selling it per se because mm. I didn't even know how much it was. It was a matter of I'm working on this, and also and this person kept on pestering me. It's, Look, I want to purchase, I want to purchase this, and so on. And leading up to four years later, now we've mm. been trying to buy it back from the person as a company. It's one Aww. of our first time pieces, and that person is not budging. So like, <laughs> you're not going to get anything from me. You're not getting it back. Forget it. Go and do another one. Yeah, he you know? knows a good thing when he sees a good thing because uh, for anybody who's interested in seeing uh, Hulufelo's watches uh, you can go on Instagram at Klesha underscore SA and they really are beautifully designed watches I mean you know just just looking at them already I can see the appeal aesthetically they they just they look incredible they look like any other high-end watch um, you, you know that one would be attracted towards but this can't be a simple thing like creating a watch can't be a simple a simple thing to learn just the mechanics of it and all the various tiny little components um you make it sound simple but i get the feeling it, it's not that easy no it is definitely not easy i'll give an example of what we go through when you want to want to create a, a new time piece right like if you mm. wanted to create a let's say a car and you know that you're not an engine manufacturer, but you are so we are good when it comes to steel work. So you mm. go ahead and look for an engine manufacturer and give them your specifications. But I'd like for this engine to be this many liters, to have this number of pistons and whatsoever. Mm. So what we go through is that with limited technology that we have in Africa as a whole, uh, this is where the problem is that we don't have the tech in the country to make the movements or the mm. engine that runs the watches. So we go and speak to other people on the other side of the world mm. that have the tech and say, can you make us something with a moon face? Can you give us something that has a power reserve? Can you give us something that is a tour below can give us something that just mm. just straight with a date window and whatsoever. So when they give us the engine, then we come here and then we we give it the final look and finish and whatsoever. Of course, our ultimate idea. I've always told people this. I'm like, the day that I feel like 
I need to take a break from the company because now it's just constantly on the yes. same thing over and over again. Is when we launch our first movement made in Africa that will power not only African timepieces but timepieces also all over the world. And the very same way that we go and look for engines elsewhere. Mm. Elsewhere, they will come to Africa and say, but hey, look, there is an African movement that is much more accurate, that, it, that yes. is higher quality, that works very well, that we can use it to power our watches. So that is my ultimate dream, that we can have our first locally made movement yeah. in, the, in the continent of, of Africa, not only in South Africa, mm. but in the continent of Africa. And that will give us as well a very good uh, starting point in, in terms of the, the, the history of watchmaking in Africa. Because mm. for a very long time, we've always consumed things that are from abroad. Yes. And even when pressure is here, there is still a mixture of, you know, this uh, foreign influence that comes yes. into it. But that is not ultimately what we want it to be. We want it to be in such a way that it's a one-stop shop. You go in, there's movement manufacturing mm. to everything else that has been done through through the very same door that you walked into. So that is that is actually my ultimate dream, is to launch the very first homemade uh, African made uh, 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 watch movement. Yeah, I mean that is a it's a it's a beautiful dream, and I love it. And I think, uh, given the time frames of what you've managed to do in in a short period of time during a global pandemic, even <laughs> I get the feeling that uh, you know you you have the kind of resolution that will definitely see this dream through sooner rather than later. And you've just schooled me on you know we often say that the best watches are made in, and I don't know it's half market marketing and maybe half the things we just grow up constantly being fed um you know we kind of like oh no the best watches are made in switzerland and the best watches are made here then everywhere else um and now with the information that you you are imparting on us i'm like well i guess that would be the case if they are the ones that are actually equipped and have tens and tens of decades of experience in creating, as you so put it for us in lame terms, the engines of watches, the movements, the things that are the things that are within the body underneath the hood that actually make a watch a watch. Definitely, definitely, um, it's an issue of consumers buy watches based on how they look. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, watchmakers, we worry more about how they function. Yeah. You know, so you would go through and say, I want a watch with a black belt and a gold case or mm. a silver case and a firm. Uh, before that, we have to look at, okay, how will that watch work before you even tell us how it should look, mm. you know? Do you want it to have a date? Do you want it to have a moon face? Do you want it to have a power reserve? Do you want it to be a tour below? Do you want it to be like this and well? Mm. So that is where the, in the, the communication with the these engine suppliers comes in, is the workmanship, what, yeah. rather what drives the watch itself. That's what the, that's what the conversation, conversation covers. Yeah. And then I've got to ask you, Hulu, is it a, a, a daunting journey to be on? You know, because I think we obviously don't know much about the world of watches unless you're a watch enthusiast who, you know, it, it, it's a very much a niche interest. As you say, the rest of us are just about aesthetics and probably price point and, you know, the marketing spiel that we get given, the more expensive, the better. We may not know the difference. But you now being in this journey and being a young black man from Africa in this journey is it a daunting industry? Um, is it an industry that is embracing new voices, new visions from other parts of the world? Or is it very much a doors closed um, kind of sector? Look, the way that I see it, I think any, every journey that is not yours will be daunting for you, mm. right? Uh, we, 
myself, I've been I've been through the wire with this with this uh, with this um, with this journey and so mm. on. I've seen I've seen the lowest of the lowest. I've seen the I've seen the positive side of it and all, and all that. Um, I think the the world is very curious to see what African Africans have to offer in terms mm. of the world of jewelry and and also watchmaking and so mm. on. Because our very first media cover that we did when we started the company in 2019 was with the New York Times, mm. right? And that led into doing several other international media covers that we have done with access in Japan. It's a it's more like the you know the mainstream magazine that Japanese people read and so yeah. on. It's called Access. And from there, we have done a couple of German uh, TV stations. This year, we've covered two extra German TV stations that we're busy with. Some mm. of the TV stations have programs that are not launched yet in the other side of the country. Yeah. But they've already covered our story and so on. So I would say that if it is not for you, it would be daunting because any training that you take in life would have its lowest time. And that's when you get proven mm. if for sure, for sure, you are passionate about what you are into or you are just here to test the waters and see where it will take you, right? And then it is not going to the top, then you will pull out, right? And uh, for me, because I'm passionate about it, I don't even, it doesn't matter how tough it is, mm. you know? I don't, I just feel like, you know what, let's, let's go to sleep. Tomorrow we'll wake up, we'll feel a bit fresh, and then we'll continue again. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of cost, I mean, running a business like this, and I just asked my producer, um, you know, we just tweeted about this conversation, and I said to her, I just sent her a message to say, it's a shame, we need to tweet and post another uh, tweet featuring the watches because they are so dope. She put your profile picture there and I'm like, forget his his picture. Uh, I want to see the watches on there because they're really so, so beautiful aesthetically to look at. And you can also see the attention to quality and detail in the making of them. And I'm wondering from a cost perspective, um, is it an easy exercise getting units out? Because uh, they look very expensive. Uh, we... we... <laughs> We are more on the on the entry level side. So the entry level, those who people that understand what an entry level is, watches cost anything between fifty bucks. I mean, the market itself between fifty bucks to tons of millions of dollars, sometimes even billions of dollars and yes. so on. So we are more on the entry level side, which which is it's not it's not too expensive. Okay. Of course, we do have ranges that are very expensive. Like yes. for example, we worked on a watch last year that was, uh, you know, that was. Aimed at celebrating celebrating one of the African uh, old African kings that mm. died in 1881, King Sukune, that mm. cost about 89,000 rands. But you can still come Wait. to you and find watches that are business. That's 89,000 rand retail or 89,000 rand cost to manufacture? No, retail. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, retail price, 89,000 rents. But you can still come through and you find watches that are worth about 3,000, 4,000, something okay. to 5,000 and so on, you know? Okay. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can swing that. I can definitely swing that. Like, yeah. that, that's not bad. And then is yeah. it primarily male watches or does it... Because I like a big man watch, if I'm being honest. I'm like Ellen DeGeneres in that way. Mm. I think my tiny wrists look better with a big chunky male watch. Um, but I'm I'm looking at your Instagram page and obviously... Um, you know, uh, it's very much geared towards the male aesthetic in as far as the male model who's showcasing the watches. But is it is it a unisex thing or are you also specifically doing female orientated watches for those ladies who like things a little bit daintier and and smaller in terms of the face and all the rest of that? 
So we do have a similar range. Mm. Uh, I, I think here one of the things that is playing out there is, is my biasness as a male. <laughs> I'm, I'm most likely attracted towards the male watches and so on. And that's what I always ask the guys, man, let's put this up, let's put this up. However, but we do have, we check our website out, we do have uh, female ranges as well. Mm. And we also do we also do uh, unisex. So of okay. course, there, there has been a change in terms of consumption, as, you, mm. as, as you've mentioned there, how, how females are consuming watches of recent and mm. most females right now are more into the you know the dominant type of watches yes. those watches that sort of like introduce themselves when you come through i don't know if you know those people that when they walk in the, the one of the things that you'll make you you notice is their wrist and yes. all the time when they're around you, you you want to see what is this what is this thing that you have on your wrist and so on and that is a shift that we have seen globally where mm. females are mostly get to right now they are more more inclined to consuming much more watches that sort of like you know announces their presence when they come in they're not they're no longer more into the tiny face watches yes. smaller bells and whatsoever so there is there is that change of the consumer market and so on yeah because i think we're now using watches as accessories you know it's no longer uh unless it's a you it's, it's you know unless it's a, a hulufelo or someone like yourself who's really into the essence of what the watches and the function of what watches are supposed to do the the most of us now are really just accessorizing with watches the cell phone has taken over and has become the thing that tells us what time it is um you know so i i, I kind of i don't know i without research backing me up i'm just like i guess that's why i wear a watch the these days and, and pile it on with as many bangles as I possibly can for exactly that reason. You must see my wrist coming from afar. And that's exactly what I enjoy. I mean, your story is absolutely incredible. And, and the vision for what you, you want to accomplish and what you want to do, I, I definitely see it coming to fruition sooner rather than later. You're already exporting internationally with a big presence uh, all over Europe um, and, and building your brand international and competing with the very best of them. Yeah, definitely. We've got we've got a market base. Uh, we've got customers uh, from Japan. We've got customers in Europe. We've got customers in um, in, in USA as well. Mm. We do have customers as well in some of the African countries. One of the countries that almost has customers um, most of the time is Kenya. We've done mm. a few orders in Kenya and so on. So that's why that's why I always I always say that I think the world is ready for to see what Africans have to offer in terms of jewelry and also and also watches. Yes. You know, and also not to not to, to make the answer a bit too long. You're right when you say that uh people now wear them as a fashion statement, right? Mm. There's 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 a few things that happened in the in the watch industry, right? The introduction of the cell phone. Uh the industry was in a bit of a shaky state. So like now people not wear watches anymore. Actually, watches skyrocketed when the cell phone came through. Mm. That was a shock to everybody else, right? And then also the introduction of of the the new technological watches, you know, the ones that you exercise with yes. and whatsoever. And people were like, no, the traditional watches now are going to die. But the traditional watches as well skyrocketed to a point where those that you consider to be smart watches started taking their traditional look as well while being smart watches. So they give you a hybrid of some sort. Well, Here's a look of tradition yep. and as well as that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let me wrap it there. Sorry, I'm just uh, looking at my countdown now. i got to go into an ad spot. But thank you for the conversation. That was Hulu with pleasure.